Welcome to the Purple Mountain Podcast, creating a loving and sacred space to share spiritual truth and knowledge in this time of collective awakening. Hosted by Chris and Stephen of the Purple Mountain Spiritual and Wellbeing Centre. Welcome everybody to the Purple Mountain podcast and we're live on Facebook uh, with Chris, Stephen of the Purple Mountain. We just want to welcome all our brothers and sisters, anybody watching or listening to us right around the world and send you lots of love. And we have a special guest with us. We're going over the water uh, this evening, uh, this afternoon for our friend uh, Max Reader. He'll be joining us and he's a holistic healer and self-mastery coach. He's based in Austin, Texas at this moment in time. Uh, so Max, we want to welcome you to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Chris and Stephen. I appreciate you guys. It's nice meeting yeah. you. Really good to connect with you. And mm. just for everybody, all our listeners, um, we'd like to start with your journey. Um, what has brought you up to this point of the work you do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and what lessons have you learned, important curves along the way that have shaped uh, uh, who you are at okay. this point? Yeah, sure. So I'll try to I'll just go give the brief overview. Um, I was, basically I was brought up um, to believe that life is suffering. Uh, that's what my dad would always tell me. Um, a lot of my childhood was suffering. I, I think I had a pretty good childhood, but I had a penchant for depression. And um, yeah, just having a negative mindset about everything. And that only got worse when I joined the Navy. Um, I became a fire controlman, which is basically an electronics technician for weapon systems like turrets and missile launchers. Um, and uh, after the Navy, I mean, my my health devolved to uh, all time low by the time I got out of the Navy. Um, very poor emotional health, very poor diet. Um, I was very, very depressed. I was clinging to the will to live like I didn't think that I would ever be able to effortlessly have the will to live after getting out of the Navy, which is a common um, story of a lot of vets who get out of the military, you know, because they're you're stripped away of your individuality and you're not really taught emotional intelligence. So that when you get out of that system and you don't have the institution structuring you and supporting you, yeah, a lot of yeah. people feel lost. They feel like they're coming unraveled and they don't have any sense of bearing on, you know, how to exist. Um, and so I was just, I was, I had acne. I developed tinnitus and hearing loss. I, uh, I had torn my ACL and PCL. I, I was getting migraines from whenever I would work out or do jumping jacks or do anything that involved kind of contracting this area up here. I would get just throbbing migraines. My face would turn purple. Um, I had basically, I was only 21 years old getting out of the Navy and I had a whole host of health problems. And uh, and I also had astigmatism and deteriorating vision that was only getting worse since high school. Um, Yeah, so all these things, either doctors told me there was no cure or they would give me some bandaid. Like for, like I got out of the Navy, the VA hospital, they told me that I was uh, depressed and that they tried to give me Prozac. Um, I didn't take that. I'm glad that I didn't take it. I wouldn't be who I am today if I did. Um, so basically I came to this low point after getting out of the Navy where 
I wanted to die and my every waking moment was miserable. <laughs> and so I was, I was saying, okay, if I'm going to stick around on this plane, then I'm going to figure out how to get over this, how to get climb out of this pit and make the world a place that doesn't have to feel like it's suffering all the time. Hmm. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to use a bandaid medicine that wasn't really going to fix the thing and fix the problem. What I did in my line of work in the Navy, and I'm so grateful for this every day, is that we would, as an electronics technician, you have to identify the root cause of a problem. Yeah. And for some reason in mainstream medicine, that's not a necessity. Mm, you know, yeah. you need to cover up symptoms of something and, and push a problem down and don't actually determine what the root cause of it that's leading to this these errors to keep coming up in our system. So um, I, I could I never got out of that mindset. I started to pursue, I started to very little pursue like the woo woo stuff, you know, starting to find out about things that are out there uh, that we don't know about. And this started when I was in college after the Navy. Um, I wanted to be an electrical engineer and I, wa I was inspired by Tesla. I wanted to be next level. I wanted to be cutting edge. Um, and I started finding these strange inconsistencies about the field of physics where technologies had been uncovered and then covered up. Like yeah. in the 50s, Thomas Townsend Brown was known, he was working on a TV and he noticed that when he applied a charge to the circuit, the vacuum tube would move inside the TV back when we had those uh, cathode ray tube TVs. Mm. And uh, he, so basically what he found was that when you, when you put a, uh, a high voltage, low current charge, through an asymmetrical capacitor with nothing but electricity, a thrust is created. And so what he eventually found was that this demonstrates a connection between electricity and gravity. So basically he found an anti-gravity technology that uses nothing but electricity. Um, and so com compare that to anything that we know about flight and thrust. It's always, there's always some kind of combustion process in our technology that we know about. And it's been combustion engines for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so I started to find that that was one big example by the sixties, Thomas Townsend Brown was doing classified experiments for the military. Um, conventional physics explained it away as an electrostatic wind effect, which was which was debunked time and time again. Um, because this effect was demonstrated in a complete vacuum with no air around it. So there's no ionization of air molecules if there's no air around the object. It was demonstrated in many different media to be real anti-gravity. So he went from being, doing public demonstrations in the 50s to doing classified demonstrations. There were other instances where in physics, the laws of thermodynamics have been violated. So the laws of the first and second Newtonian laws that we believe as, as solid core pillars of physics um, don't necessarily hold water because we have, just like the mainstream medicine, we have in, in the conventional physics system, um, a box that's been created for us to not look outside of. Absolutely. So that kind of, yeah, that kind of uh, changed my, my perception of like how I wanted to show up in the world as far as pursuing physics. I mean, I, I could have maybe tried to follow in Tesla's footsteps, but I don't, I'm not from Venus and I'm not, <laughs> I don't think I'm on that level, you know? Um, but what I did find was I started to find a lot of stuff about consciousness because I was trying to find breakthroughs that physics would be experiencing. I was doing a research paper and uh, what would we experience? What would we discover in the next 50 years in physics? And consciousness kept coming up. 
because we don't understand what consciousness is. We also, I was really interested to find that there's not a lot of information about scalar energy either. There's some, there's some documentation, you know, Tesla referred to it as dark energy. Mm. Um, but what I've found is basically that scalar energy, um, which is a type of energy that is invisible. It's basically non-physical. It seems to be related to, if not the same as consciousness. And so I started to explore the science of consciousness. I learned about Project Stargate from the CIA, uh, where they, they learned from a USSR defector um, that the Soviet Union was spying on our intelligence operations using psychics. And so the CIA copied the USSR and started training their own agents. It's called Project Stargate. It also went by other names. I think um, I've heard that before, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sure other countries have had the same thing, but those are the only two that, that I know about. Yeah. Um, and now I'm sure that it still happens to some level, but I, I think that it's heavily classified now because um, mm -hmm. we don't hear about it. But the uh, interesting thing about Project Stargate was that if you actually ask the, the people that were involved, they had reliable results and they were not listened to, at least overtly, by their higher ups. But they received, they would regularly determine um, reliable results with their remote viewing experiences. And so these were lay people, normal people like you and me. Well, I don't know you guys, I think that we're all a little weird here, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like normal people, anybody could learn psychic abilities. And so this mm. really piqued my interest and I became determined to develop psychic abilities, expand my consciousness, figure out what this consciousness thing is and uh, found an online energy school and started to get networked with some amazing students of energy mastery all around the world. And that's how it all started. Wow. So do you know that these moments when you're discovering really distortions in, in history, mm -hmm. uh, what were your feelings? Was it like quite mind blowing for you? Was it um, inspiring or was it unsettling? How did it was you really feel? exciting. It was really yeah. exciting. I remember having a conversation with a girl when I was in college saying, you remember when being kids and everything, the entire world is so magical. And then as you get older and older, you realize there's no magic in the world. And looking so back true. now, that's such a sad perspective. And like <laughs> what I started to find in college was I started uncovering this stuff is that magic is real. The world is, is very, very much magical. And we only stop seeing magic because we get as adults, we get into these very limited uh, paradigms where we think that we have everything figured out. We think that everything is rigid and works a very specific way. And that's just not the case. Yeah, absolutely. So it, was, it was really exciting because um, infinite possibility became possible. And, and in, a, in ways we could say it was the opening of your consciousness in a way you expanding in that moment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To, yeah. to all the possibilities. Yeah. And, and, and I became so obsessed. As it goes with this work, because yeah, it, yeah. it never stops, then the learning never stops, does mm -hmm. it? And, and I could really understand that. It's similar with myself and Stephen. Just every day is, uh, you know, something new, something new, and one question leads to another, to another. Yeah. And and absolutely what you're saying about this world, it, it is magical. It's just we have forgotten or 
closed off from it in certain ways. Exactly. exactly. There's there's something to be said for the wisdom of a child that believes that anything can happen and that everything is magical because that that's the most enlightened state where we've ever been. Yeah. When we're kids and we have that state of non-judgment, that state of uh, not not feeling like we have everything figured out. Just like the world is this infinite uh, realm of anything can happen and magic is everywhere. And that's that's when we're there, we're in our heart. We're in a state of passive observation. We're not trying to control everything. We're not trying to judge everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's really something that as adults, we have to kind of retrain ourselves to come back to. Yeah, and, and, and we're fearless as well, really, as children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and invincible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the so, symbols that a kid can take they don't incur injury a lot of the time yeah so it, i know you mentioned the uh, touched a little bit there on, on on mental health and for me that's that's a huge issue in the world today at the moment it seems to be uh, almost the to, to us the true pandemic is a mental health pandemic uh, how people are feeling and what's your feelings on that what do you feel is is the core of what we're face we're facing that way in the world i think that we're not taught how to use our consciousness yeah we're, we're taught that that we live in an objective universe and that uh the only thing that's real is what we can analyze through our head mm. and uh when you you know you can you just experiment with meditation and notice that in different brainwave states your reality shifts dramatically um so the head is really not something that we can trust and the same areas of the brain light up when we're remembering or imagining something as when we're looking at it live so yeah. we're in a dream right now and we're taught that everything is rigid everything is one way and there is only one way to view things you know the the scientific way or the, you know, whatever aligns with the collective story of objective reality. And so we don't have this connection to our hearts. We don't have an awareness of how we're connected to everything and everyone around us. So like yeah. you leave mean comments on Facebook or YouTube, you're not just spewing hate, hatred and vitriol at other people. That's reflecting right back and hurting you as well. And that's projecting your own pain yeah. so you don't have to acknowledge it. So I think we're just trained how to use our consciousness. Yeah, I've always said I've always said that the, the big thing is about disconnection. Just yeah. what you were saying there, Max, is, is humanities, particularly within the Western world, and is about what our job is to reconnect back to nature, reconnect back to the spirit, reconnect back to very simply the consciousness, and mm -hmm. and. We can do that through meditation and through guidance, through plant medicines and other things as well. That yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, actually, uh, you, you mentioned plant medicine. So chemical keys can be can be helpful, not necessary all the time, not for everybody, but they can be definitely helpful. I'm a big believer in that. Um, actually, one of the things that started to spur my curiosity looking back was <laughs> <laughs> when I was in the Navy, um, I was on leave, so I was home with my brother, and it was I was I went to a Halloween party with my parents. I was in the Navy, so naturally I got blackout drunk. And when I came back <laughs> to my house, I I noticed I was very confused because everything was moving like a kaleidoscope. And apparently, when I was blackout drunk, I asked my brother, 
for some LSD that he had. And like that kind of triggered everything in, okay, there's some common denominator for the universe. What is this? What's going on? How do I explain this? Um, so yeah, for, for me, that was kind of like a, a consciousness trigger that really started igniting this curiosity. Um, but I couldn't really explore it until after the Navy. So Wow, wow, that's amazing. That's really interesting, that, because that's something that we have been going through at the Purple Mountain here in, in the UK, where, you know, plant medicine's not right for everybody. And, and as a counsellor, as a, a master practitioner, somebody that inspires other people on you know, the holistic approach, we give, we inspire people the different tools some people will need a, a massage. Some people might need sound healing, crystal healing, uh -huh. or maybe connect to nature, go for walks. Uh, so it's really knowing and guiding people to the right direction. Sometimes plant medicine isn't the right, uh, and it's not necessary. I think that's something that I feel really strongly um, that a lot of people are moving towards plant medicines. And without that intention as well, I know that's an important part as well. The oh, intention, yeah, you, you're not getting anything out of that experience. And sometimes even meditation, I find that meditation is as powerful. And I've had amazing um, experiences. I'm sure you have as well, haven't you, Max? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that if you're really close minded, um, like, Meditation, there's a lot of people that med meditate casually and they don't ever experience these really profound experiences, you know, and I think that part of the reason is we don't learn how to, um, we don't learn how to let our ego step aside. Mm. Um, it's something that, this is one of the reasons I really enjoy standing meditations and coaching people through standing meditations because it kind of forces you to find the distinction between your ego or your monkey mind and your soul. Because, like, for example, Taoist uh, monks will hold a standing Qigong pose such as this for three days before being initiated into the, the order. And they have to do this for three days with no, no moving, no sleeping, you know, and with perfect posture, straight spine, knees bent. And um, it's something that you can't do from the ego. It's not because they're super muscular, strong men. It's because they're able to embody with this heart-centered consciousness. They're allowed to let their monkey mind step out of the way and have their spirit take over and hold this trance state indefinitely because there's no limitation when you connect to your soul. The, the physical, the monkey mind, it's nothing but limited. And I think that that's the big distinction is like would, it, it, takes, it takes a certain amount of awakening to – snap out of that ego state and realize like what your ego how your ego has been dictating your life in every moment yeah and holding you back in many ways yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and i'm not I saying that, i'm not saying the ego is evil or anything you know it serves a purpose yeah. as our avatars in this plane but if you never learn how to how to kind of let it step aside then you never really realize your true self mm. yeah I think it's uh, you, you mentioned something on one of your live videos that you did the get out of your own way, you know. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> that's, that's all we ever are is in our own way. <laughs> it's so true. And, and one of our teachers here uh, always says to us, Our greatest enemy is ourselves that we face mm -hmm. in this life. 
and and we're so with you with the with the mind because to 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 me the mind is the one that tells us oh no don't do that that's too risky let's let's stay where we've always been let's stay in this safe position you don't want to try that you know and 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 once we move past that we can experience much larger experience yeah absolutely And and it's a continuing process man the the first three months of training in energy sensitivity took me three months before I could actually feel energy. Um, I was that blocked. And part of the reason was because I had been telling myself for my entire adult life uh, that this isn't real. This is just, you know, you're just imagining this, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. So like getting, I think that a lot of us we're, we're just naturally psychic, but we, we talk ourselves out of it every day. <laughs> yeah. You know? So true. Like, oh, that's just a coincidence. I'm just seeing things. My mind's playing tricks on me. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever, whatever that's related to, whether it's like a psychic ping that you get about something that's about to happen or something that you're feeling in your body. Um, maybe you have an intuition that somebody needs uh, attention from you or something like that. Um, very common ones, thinking about someone that you're friends with and then immediately getting a call or a text from them. It happens yeah. a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. All, all the time. Oh. Oh, with um, music as well, certain songs just coming on. Oh, yeah, on. oh, yeah, uh, yeah. In a magical just, universe, man. It's a trippy dream we're in, man. <laughs> yeah. If you're conscious enough in any waking moment, you can realize how everything is connected, and it's almost scary. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Once you start recognizing it, it's... it's yeah, and it, I, say that, I say that at one twenty-three p.m., that's my number. 23 is my number of synchronicity, like, that I see everywhere. And I, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's, that's really significant for me. 23 always shows up when it's a synchronistic time. Wow. You've been mentioning that quite a bit about, um, which we've been talking at the center as well, about heart, uh, mind, um, mind centered, that there seems to be with the dominant masculine energies of the world would be very much dominated by very logic about logic, the mind, we should always just use the mind. So Mm, we're sort of moving away from that to more heart, what we call heart centered, more about what we feel. Why do you think that's sort of important in sort of what's going on in the world today? You know, working more on the heart center. You guys have awesome questions. I love these questions. These are really, <laughs> they really inspire thought. Um, <laughs> so the the heart is 60 times electrically stronger and 5,000 times magnetically stronger than the brain. It's a figure that's thrown around a lot, um, yeah. but it's really true. And when, when you put awareness in your heart, we're so much more magnetic. We're so much more present and it's easier to connect with people like I got I landed a job at Samsung all I did for the interview was go into my heart and when you go in your heart you're talking to someone this funny thing happens where you connect to their soul you see a this, this sparkle in their eyes you have this effortless heartfelt conversation like when you're in your heart speaking to someone it actually you're having a heart-based conversation and you're connecting um, we the 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 brain is always going to be active to some extent it's always going to be active otherwise you're brain dead Um, So we have to um, manage where we're placing our awareness or the brain is going to take over and create infinite thought constructs that we get lost in. Basically daydreaming while awake, creating these spider webs of imagination that we identify with as reality. And so this is it's infinite dimensions of very light, weak thought constructs 
that we identify with because we look at that as real. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the heart, there's no judgment, there's no anal- analysis, there's no verbal processing of what's going on. You just you're allowed to just be and be connected with anything that's around you, anything that you're attuning your attention to. Um, so it's a lot easier for us to synchronize when we're in our hearts rather than creating these infinite thought constructs from the brain. So uh, that's my, my view on it. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, it's something that we learned many years ago about the, about the magnetic energy of the heart and how powerful it is. Wherever, you know, a lot of people would pull to science. It's all about the brain, all about the brain. And actually the heart, there's so much more. And what was really interesting, somebody, there was a quote from a gentleman who's talking about the spirit or the soul. And we all often always talk about that uh, the soul is within the body. But what if the body is within the soul? And that really made me think about the levels of reality <laughs> that we always think, yeah. look at it differently, that it is our uh, reality our experience so it, it really made me think i'm still thinking about that now <laughs> yeah no that's great that just kind of turned me inside out <laughs> i was thinking then of like the russian dolls you know where you get one inside the other inside the other yeah side. yeah oh yeah yeah max as well i just want to ask you uh what yeah, kind sure. of thing yeah what kind of things do you do, Max, uh, every day that helps with you emotionally, physically, mentally, things like diet, exercise? And what kind of things can you sort of inspire other people? You know, people listening tonight or listening to the podcast, what kind of things, what kind of advisement would you like to share with people about some of the changes that you've made? <laughs> Jeez, everything, man. I'm a different person than I was when I was 21. Um, well, when I was 21, I was at the, my low point of health. I'll tell you all the things that I learned I was doing wrong. My diet was horrible. I was eating uh, a lot of meat and dairy. I was smoking cigarettes. I was, uh, I was eating all the time also. I didn't, wasn't really giving my digestive system a break. Um, I never meditated. I rarely meditated. Um, I was working out like a lot every single day, heavy workouts, um, thinking that that was keeping me healthy. Uh, not at all. Um, I, uh, I wasn't getting uh, regular sleep. I, I just had, I don't know. I had a lot of issues. And so what I learned was that one thing that was surprised me, I didn't learn until my mid twenties. Maybe this is a common story, maybe not, but bowel movements aren't supposed to hurt. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I learned that my diet actually affected the way that I feel all the time. Yeah. All the time. And um, I met one of the best healers in the world, uh, a guy that is a, he's a teacher and a friend to me now. His name is Alexander Krikolinig. Um, He's one of the best healers in the world and he's taught me a lot. But one of the things that he showed me when he spent a week with me, training me in New York a few years ago, was that he, he was extremely psychic and he was also vegan. And Psychic to the point where he could read every thought that I had all the time. I couldn't hide anything from him. I was psychologically naked. It was kind of scary. Um, he <laughs> yeah. read other people's energy. He was just so – the dude was the most psychic person I've ever met. Also, he taught Empty Force, which is comes under fire a lot um, by martial arts community because they judge it. They see YouTube videos of it. It's empty Force, are you familiar with it? No, uh, never. No. 
But no, uh, it's, it's, it's basically um, uh, an, an advanced internal martial art from Qigong for uh, energy healing and self-defense. Um, so it's like using chi for self-defense, which you know, martial artists get really upset mm -hmm. about. Um, but anyway, uh, getting off topic, you, you asked what I do now. Um, Qigong in the mornings, I like to do standing meditation. Uh, so there's moving Qigong and there's still Qigong. I really believe that still Qigong is much, much more powerful, at least for me. I've had much more powerful experiences with it. Um, so it's a good mind, body, spirit practice to really get present in the body and get a little bit of a workout in and also meditation. Um, so I'm a really big fan of that. Also, I've cleaned up my diet. I eat plant-based now after meeting my teacher. Um, I kind of was just trying it out for a while and I felt so good from it. Um, I, I kept doing it. Um, I also intermittent fast most days. So I'll go 16 to 20 hours without eating. Um, and a lot of great things happen when you fast. Um, your cells go into a protected state. The aging pathways are deactivated. Um, your, your, every part of your body that's normally inundated with toxins is able to experience relief and start regenerating. Um, newer healthy cells eat the old cells. So you can actually age regress from fasting. And there's some doctors that I'm a really big fan of. Um, Dr. Nagumo from Japan and Dr. Amin yeah. Ra, they're both proponents of uh, the one meal a day diet and they're both mid 60s and they look younger than I do. So it's really, they're really living testaments to the power of fasting for agelessness and longevity. Yeah. Um, so yeah. those are the main things that I, that I do nowadays and, and always every moment you don't have to be, you know, deep in meditation to make your life a meditation. So I do my best to stay centered in the heart and present in the body for every waking moment. And it really changes the reality experience that I have. Yeah, could really resonate with um, so much of what you said there. Uh, and I feel a lot of people obviously looking at the diet, I feel more than ever now and, and realizing that the body doesn't need to be in the state of discomfort. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, not only does it not it need to be, yeah, it shouldn't be. Um, yeah. And some of the, the more unnatural things that we put in our bodies that um, our bodies aren't equipped to handle at all. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I feel that's, that's really um, powerful within itself, yeah. And mm. I know you mentioned quite a few teachers and people who inspire you. Um, is there anybody else you sort of like to mention that, that, that you find you found quite inspirational to your journey as well? Yeah, sure. Um, so I met uh, another healer by the name of Max Christensen a couple of years ago, and he is based in California. He uh, he was a Navy SEAL that became a Taoist monk. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, this guy's hardcore. You know, when I told you about the thing with the, the three days of they have to hold this posture, uh, he had to do that. Wow. And yeah, he was so he was initiating this order of monks. His teacher, um, his teacher achieved his rainbow body. So, so the the teacher that he learned from disappeared in a ball of light and left some crystals behind. So, like wow. that's the level that this guy's operating on. He's also trained under an immortal that was over eight hundred years old. Um, wow. And this guy's like, and he wrote a book called the Kunlun System, 
which is really amazing. His, his whole idea, he learned spiritual ideologies from around the world, and then he stripped the dogma out of them and made it as practical as possible. How can someone fast track their way to enlightenment, basically? Not like not in the way of like taking a shortcut, but do it as quickly and efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. And so his whole system is based around just cracking open wide the meridians, the energy channels of the body, so that energy can flow optimally. The voltage of the body raises and in his words, we go from the average human operating on the equivalent of a nine volt battery to then operating on the level of a nuclear reactor. <laughs> yeah. So that's Max Christensen's. He's, he's probably the most reputable, um, uh, prestigious healer teacher that I've met here in my life. And yeah, he's, he's traveled all around the world and, had some amazing stories to, to tell about. So it was really a privilege to train under him. And the practice that he taught me is how I was able to heal my hearing loss, my tinnitus and erectile dysfunction that I had in my mid twenties. So yeah. he's been a great help to me. And I really want to train under him, but he says, just explore yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good yeah. advice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to uh, backtrack a bit there, just to the yeah. fasting, because I found it so interesting what you said. And there are a lot of myths around fasting as well. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, oh, so, yeah. so what would you say about that? Because there's, you, you spoke on the many, many positives, and we have spoke to many others before, and, and we've uh, practiced fasting as well and found the yeah. huge benefits of it. So if, if you do it, you know the benefits. But exactly. What's, yeah. your, what's, what's your feelings on, we'll say the myths, really? Um, I don't really pay that much attention to the myths, but yeah. I came under a lot of fire on TikTok. I had, a, I had a video that I did on fasting on how it can freeze the aging process, and um, just be so good for your health and give you more energy during the day and all this. And I came under fire so much. I got so much hate for that video. Started having doctors commenting on my stuff and, yeah. and gym bros and just all these different schools of thought hating on me for presenting this information and, you know, going with the mainstream story, which I kind of knew that would happen. But, uh, you know, one of the things that, that my mom always told me growing up is that fasting is bad for you because you'll be in starvation mode. Uh, your body goes into starvation mode and it starts to, to try to preserve everything. And basically any calories you eat are going to get converted into stored as fat in the body. Like that's, that's what I was always told. So that like fasting was supposed to be bad for you. Also, people say that, um, you know, when uh, the cells are eating the old cells, that they're also eating the new cells and that, that breaks down the body. But look, you look at people that fast, look at people that actually do it long term. Look at how healthy they look. Look at how young they look. Yeah. And, you know, so it's not necessarily that everybody needs to jump into fasting because like if you have hypoglycemia, for example, you start to get faint and dizzy after a few hours of not eating. But there have been people that have cured their hypoglycemia with intermittent fasting. So it's not undoable. It's just something that you may need to navigate more carefully, you know, maybe under the guidance of like a holistic physician. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, there's. It's like with many things, it's got to be personalized. It's got to be tailored to your needs and the needs of your body. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and um, a lot of people, though, we're used to think about it like this. We're used to conditioning ourselves by eating constantly throughout the day. Yeah. Um, it's like if our dogs could do that, that's what they would be doing, too. But we, we tailor <laughs> their, their eating times like you can only eat this in this time of the day. That's it. Um, but, you know, and we're really no better than our dogs in that way. It's like we're constantly just gorging ourselves 
and just shoving food down our gullets. And um, it's, it's something, what was my point? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're basically, it's just something that we can benefit a lot from, from, from not eating all the time. Oh, and we condition ourselves. So we're conditioned to getting hungry every few hours. So most people, when they start fasting, they're like, oh, but I get really, really hungry after a few hours. Well, that's because you're used to eating all the time. And you can condition yourselves like I don't get hungry all day long. Like I'm not going to get hungry until like nine o'clock tonight, you know, yeah. um, just because that's my body's conditioned to enjoy the fasting state. You get more energy. You're more connected with energy. Your crown is more open. It's just easier to to, you know, have this universal divine consciousness connection all the time when you're fasting. You're much more aware of the internal processes of your body because you're not diverting all this energy and blood flow to breaking down food. Um, it's something that we can condition ourselves to not be hungry all the time. And also usually hunger is misinterpreted thirst. So if you get really yeah. hungry on a fast, just drink a full glass of water and see how you feel in 10 minutes. It'd probably go away. Wow. It's really good advice. And um, we're, we're big on the importance of water. Oh, Something yeah. that we've been promoting for years, Ooh, haven't we? With water, the water. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the importance of, of minerals, the importance of salt as well. There is, mm. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a lady that we, has inspired me and Chris, which a lady called uh, Barbara O'Neill. Uh, mm. She's a lady from Australia and she's, she's had a lot of, um, not very nice things said about her. A lot of the doctors and, and from around the world, they try to discredit her. And and for me, when that happens, it's like with your experience there with TikTok, it, it's you've triggered something. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, the trigger button's been pushed. Yeah, it's been pushed that really needs looking at. And and all we're doing is we, we are presenting an alternate, a, a different perspective that we want to question. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this thing in society, you can't, you can't question you have to be in that box and actually i don't want to be in the box i want to i want mm. to question that's what really science is about anyway isn't it it's, that's it's what about, i thought yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was my favorite subject in school even in college i wanted to be a scientist i see myself as a scientist now just in consciousness yeah no it's just it's something that we can't really measure with many lab instruments but like yeah i i feel you i mean it, and science has been corrupted to be this dogmatic church of worship and i'm like w when did that become a thing <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely i just want to ask you as well max a little bit about your time at college or university yeah sure um what was your sort of experience as you sort of began sort of awakening did you sort of remain doing your college work or did you what what sort of what is your work life like now is that is this something that you do permanently or do you have a do you have a job or how does it all sort of entail in your life well once i i was working full-time at the time when i was going to school because i was i got out of the navy um and i was going to school full i was going to school full-time and working full-time and it was very difficult to do. Um, I started to find that, that what I wanted to learn wasn't taught in school. And eventually I, I discovered that I could really follow my life purpose, get a lot more done, potentially even make more money if I were pursuing my own life goals rather than, you know, fitting into the cookie cutter program of whatever an employer would have me do. So, um, Samsung was my last job and I'm really grateful for that. And so since then I've been working on marketing myself online and really just delving into self mastery practices and teaching people 
how self-mastery can empower their lives in every single aspect, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's their health, um, it can help you in every single way. And it basically comes down to not holding a stress response in any given moment. Mm -hmm. um, so my days now consist of uh, trading crypto, <laughs> giving energy healing sessions and giving self-mastery coaching um, when I'm not meditating or working on myself. Well, wow, that's really interesting that about the cryptocurrency because it's something that we've looked into. And, and again, there's a lot of uh, fear, a lot of fear-based stuff out there in the internet and trying mm. to push this certain agenda. Mm. What, what Could you sort of let people know a little bit about the cryptocurrency <laughs> and, and a little bit? Um, sure. Well, I mean, people say everything comes up, is goes down eventually. Well, that may be the case. But if Bitcoin crashes in 10 years, I'm still able to make money every week off of it. So, mm. um, you know, people have a lot of fear and judgment of it because they don't they don't. I think that part of it is people don't really understand the, the currency system in the first place. Like all mm. fiat currency, all countries currencies are based on a debt based system. It, it all is lent out by the central banks and it's all really imaginary it's just a collectively agreed upon value <laughs> so yeah. true so true <laughs> and in the last in the last year between 40 and 60 percent of the us dollar that's ever been created have been printed so like a roughly half of all the us dollars in circulation were just printed in the last year and like people think that money's not imaginary you know <laughs> um yeah i i a lot of people are, are concerned or skeptical about cryptocurrency. I'm really for it. It's, it's a big push against the central banks and the, the power structure that controls the world. So I'm all for it. Um, we're moving towards decentralized finance where everything is publicly viewable, publicly accessible by everyone. And it's the biggest wealth transfer the world has ever witnessed. So I'm really excited about it. And um, even though it's not strictly related to the science of consciousness it's a very viable way for anybody to make money on the side um without devoting their lives to it so i mean this is what the richest people in the world do they invest um you know one percent of the world controls 95 percent of the wealth because they know how to invest money it's just about financial literacy so it's a really good 3d vehicle to manifest financial abundance Wow, amazing, amazing. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been so interesting, this chat. Um, but I wanted to ask you, that it's the big question at the moment, what's been going on in the world the last year, what we've all been um, experiencing together. Oh. Many, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the, the question. Um, many would call it a time of collective awakening, a, a, a time of great opportunity to grow, to step into our true self what is your feelings is happening and um what are you feeling energetically in the world right now sure okay yeah interesting um i think that we just went through a major contraction period um where a lot of people kind of succumbed to a fear vibration to a separation consciousness um and it was really sad because I've been I've been traveling around the U.S., different cities, different states, and um, noticing the different like psychologies of people. And one of the reasons I really like Austin, Texas, is because people just have a tendency for friendship and connection here. Um, and like we we took took our masks off a couple months ago. COVID rates are at an all time low, and being able to see people's smiles 
Mm -hmm. I, I forgot how psychologically important that is. Yeah. You know, and so I think that with this contraction period that we were in for most of 2020 and some of 2021, I think that it's starting to, at least in my local experience in my reality, it's starting to expand again. And we're starting to go back into a sense of unity consciousness and connectedness with our brothers and sisters around the world and not feeling like not viewing everybody like uh, an, an inhuman zombie, you know, this infected walking case of germs kind of we got we got sucked into this into this consciousness. It was very, very separation based. And I teach unity consciousness. I believe in unity consciousness because everything exists in quantum entanglement. Everything exists in overlap. And the only separation that we have is what we mentally project and perceive. So I really see us um, moving into a more expansive period of connectedness and love. And people are waking up to a lot of things that are happening around the world. You know, UFO, UFO files and videos are being declassified left and right. Um, we're starting to see uh, a lot of people waking up to the fact that the collective is being manipulated. You know, um, I mean, Google searches for that topic last year went through the roof. It was all new record levels of curiosity around these topics. And this is part of the reason we see so much censorship online um, on social media now. Because yeah. um, there was just like they're trying to suppress this collective curiosity, but it's not going to work. It's not people are going to if they're curious about something. If people feel a, a spiritual hunger or curiosity, there's nothing that's going to stop that. So I really feel optimistic about where we're going, and I don't really know what's going on in the world, but it feels good. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Follow your feelings, and it's a it's it's a time of great opportunity. Mm -hmm. We feel we've had a, so many positive experiences, mm -hmm. and one of the uh, the top of the list really has been connecting with people around the world just like we are now and and yeah. it's stepping into that realization that we are all one we just are remembering we, yeah. we're all one you know we, we were we're all experiencing you know s similar things we can we can relate to each other we can resonate with each other and and there's so yeah. much that wants to so many not if you call it forces or systems in the world that want to separate us and say you're over here and you're over here when actually it's not that way at all right. yeah yeah aren't you glad that you called yourself so that you could talk to yourself for this call <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so important isn't it so um Amazing. what what, what, what ad, uh, advice would you give to anybody that's feeling feeling perhaps let, letting fear come in or they're feeling a bit pressurized thank in you the for that. yeah yeah sorry finish please yeah and it's what what would be the advisement you would give give anybody who is feeling that way at this moment in time okay yeah that's a perfect question I, I wanted to actually say something on that um so yeah well there's a lot of uh when people go down the rabbit hole and they start waking up to the things that are out there you know psychic phenomena uh, government cover-ups, whatever, you know, all that that realm of of subject matter. Um, it's really easy for people to get sucked into negative mindsets, you know, to start fixating on like uh, the, you know, the administration of the, the, the COVID vaccines or like uh, just different things that you can be really fearful about that that might be harmful to people. Um, and, but it's also harmful for you to fixate on it and make that make your entire reality about it. So I see people making this this mistake a lot is where they fixate on negative, negative, negative 
all these negative timelines that they're projecting and that they're going to experience because that's what they're believing in. But we forget that we are the central reality creators of our entire conscious experience. So, I mean, whether it's, you can physically explain it with the, the bundle of nerves, the reticular activating system in the, in the brainstem, um, which will fixate and focus on anything that we hold our focus attention on. So you, if you're thinking about something all the time, that's what you're going to see in your reality. If you believe that people are inherently evil and selfish, then that's what you're going to see in your reality. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the world is headed towards good times and um, people are, are, are coming together, then that's what you're going to experience. So we're reality creators. And the more that we start waking up to our connectedness with all that is, the more that we actually have more administrative privileges on creating the reality that we experience because we're dreaming right now. You and I... All of us right now, we're dreaming and we might not realize that because we keep waking up in this dream. But just as when you're in a dream and you think about something and it becomes real, the same stuff happens here. So um, for people that are stuck in a fear vibration, I would ask, what is the gain of being stuck in that fear vibration? Do you enjoy it or would you rather live a life of ease and bliss? Would you rather feel good all the time or would you rather feel fearful? Would you rather connect to your divine nature and come into being with all that is, or would you rather stay in separation and suffering? Because you get the choice. You're going to be right either way. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Really powerful. Yeah. That's, I totally agree and resonate with that. So uh, Stephen, have you got any more questions? <laughs> I've got about a thousand uh, more questions. Yeah. <laughs> I just want it's a bit of go, going off topic a little bit here, actually. When you were talking about a UFO, um, have you ever sort of seen a UFO? Oh my uh, god, in- yes, <laughs> have you? Oh. oh my god, can I tell my UFO stories? Yeah, yeah. okay, oh, brilliant. <laughs> okay, well, one was like not that one was. N- okay, I don't know if this one is a UFO story. When I was in college, I don't know what the heck this was. I don't know, but since we're on this interview, I was in college. It was sunset. I was walking down the plaza. Um, it was after study study session or whatever, doing homework. And I I looked up at the sky and I saw what looked like a phoenix. Like, yeah. I don't know what that, I don't know. I still to this day don't know what I saw. It doesn't make any sense. And I've never heard about anybody else saying something. Usually you you hear UFOs like there's a cigar shaped one and there's there's this and that shade one like no i don't know what the heck this is it looks like it looked like a phoenix i don't know what it was man i don't know i still don't know what it is what it was but i looked up at it i saw it in disbelief and then it disappeared before my eyes um i i, I don't know if that counts as a ufo i don't know what the heck that was i was totally sober i was in the corps of cadets so like um i don't know but then in new york Several years later, I was driving down the highway at 2 a.m. and I saw this bright yellow flash of light in the sky. It was like yellow light appeared and then it went straight down like a solid beam of yellow and then it traced back behind it. So it it was like some, it was very, very unnatural. I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of shooting stars in my life, not a shooting star at all. Um, That was, that was kind of weird, but I just saw that driving down the highway at 2 a.m. The best experience I had was a couple of years ago in my backyard here in Austin, Texas. And I was meditating for about 45 minutes. And it was a really high level uh, experience. I was coming into a new level of self-realization. I was starting to have success with telekinesis abilities. And um, I, I, 
I just came out of this meditation and I looked up, it was a full moon and I'd never done this before, but I felt inclined to pull energy on the moon, like to draw energy from it with my hand. So I put my hand up towards the moon and I did that. I pulled on it. And as soon as I did this, this bright white light came out from behind the moon and then moved in front of it. And it was about like a 10th, a 10th, one fifteenth, the size of the moon, but it was brighter than the moon on the night of a full moon. And it paused for a moment in front of the moon in the center. And then it moved down and to the right and then looked like it, it maybe went around the back or something. I'm not sure. It kind of disappeared as it trailed off to the right. But it was last. It lasted for about 15 seconds. And I was in disbelief the entire time I was looking at that. And uh, it happened directly when I pulled on it. And this thing was brighter than the moon. It was huge, whatever it was. And it seemed to be connected with that meditation experience. And I've heard of others experiencing the same where they have like a really powerful meditation. They go outside and they see a UFO. So I think that at least sometimes they're connected to our higher selves or higher consciousness connection. So yeah, that's. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that sort of very thought provoking that maybe because a couple of our circle sitters have had similar experiences recently by seeing light. These, these like look like they look like orbs of planets, these pink and, and maybe mm -hmm. as if you're altering your consciousness to a to a higher reality, mm -hmm. they are all around us. And maybe because it, the energy in the earth has become so dense, people have become blind to that. So they're maybe all among us. And 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 as we're waking up, we're seeing that yeah. more. I think I think you just I think that's a really good explanation of it. Yeah, I think I think that it's something like that. I think that we just like we said we view everything as objective right we view everything as like it exists this way well what if there's different bandwidths of frequencies of existence what if as we get further away from the earth there's lighter layers of reality you know higher frequencies that exist differently and aren't necessarily perceptible by the the earth-based vibration you know that could be part of it i don't know but i think that there's something to that i think you said it really eloquently Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Yeah, I've been watching a, a few documentaries, and there's a place in the country Chile, uh, South American country, where they have the highest report of UFO activities. Apparently, the highest report for 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 decades, and it's something that I'm really. I would love to. It's put a part of my bucket list. I would love to go to to Chile, go to South oh, America. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So it must be like a stargate around that area. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Something going on there and the energy. And, and also probably as there are people like us awakening and trying to lift the vibrations of the earth, they are friends from, I call them friends from other worlds. They are trying to help humanity as well. And as we are doing our 50%, new dimensions, new energy systems have been lifted, switched on ley lines being cleared or blocked so that it is a lot going on in, in the matrix or in the energy systems of the earth it it's amazing it's a minefield when you get into all that it's amazing yeah i'm thankful to be in this trippy magical dream every day <laughs> yeah. there's, there's also a e ranch the enlightened center for extraterrestrial intelligence in trout lake washington it's in the upper northwest of the united states and they have uh, basically nightly UFO sightings. Um, I've heard a lot of people will go there with cameras and set up every night. And many people go there and have their first UFO experiences. 
Um, so it's the same kind of thing. There's a, there's a Stargate. There's videos on their site. Like sometimes literally fleets of UFOs will come in. It just looks like lights, like like you know, organized rows of lights will just come in um, through the space above a mountain, and it's really really interesting. I guess I guess they call those UFO flaps. And there's a point in space and time where a lot of UFO activity happens. But yeah, it's a really exciting topic, and even my skeptical dad um, believes in them now. <laughs> Because he can't <laughs> deny it anymore. Oh, amazing. Brilliant. Uh, it's been absolutely brilliant tonight. I could speak to you all night, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just been a, it's just, been, I, I don't know where this uh, hour or 55 minutes has gone. It's, mm. it's flown by. Uh, and and oh. that's, that's always such a good sign. It's just an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for giving your time to us. Absolutely. To connect guys. with us. Would you be happy to do another one, Max, in the future? Anytime you guys want. Yeah, we'd love to speak to you again. I'm very grateful for you guys giving me your attention and sharing space with me. Um, This feels really good, and it was a very effortless, flowing conversation, one of the best I've had in a long time. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Oh, Uh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. We just want to thank everybody who's listening out there for wherever you're listening to us and, and just send you lots of love. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to everyone. And we're going to say goodbye. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Purple Mountain podcast. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about Max Reader, you'll be able to visit his website at maxwellreader.com. Also, if you're interested in learning more about us here at the Purple Mountain, you'll be able to find us on Facebook and on Instagram, and a link should be posted wherever you're listening to us. Thank you for your love and support, and we look forward to sharing future episodes with you all.